Welcome, everyone. You're now listening to the Say It With Your Chest podcast. And I'm your host, Mr. Light Skin Key Sweat. And again, you know, I know I say it a lot. You know, it's not like my numbers be going up. You know, I know people pick and choose what they listen to based on the topics, which is fine. Everybody don't have the same interest. I just want to say I appreciate it. You know, it's. I'm just doing this for fun. Uh, it's fun to me, at least. I, and I don't know why. But, again, it's just a, much appreciated to those who listening, who keeping up, who reminding me when I haven't released, who asking questions about what's coming next. I said a few weeks ago, I got some gear coming. I'm going to probably throw a few random little games in a podcast or something. or I'm going to create something and so I can see who listening and whoever listening and can answer some questions. I'll, I'll send you all some, some merch when I start getting some rough drafts, some samples out. You know, I believe that's something that you should do, you know, especially those who fucking with you. And so before I start with the new episode, it's going to be a good one. I wanted to jump into, you know, a few little quick updates. That's going to be quick. I'm going to call them my little quickies. My kid been bowling. Um, she was in her real her first real tournament a couple weeks ago and surprised the hell out of all of us. You know, she'd be doubting herself a little bit, even though she does well for someone who just started a few months ago. You know, confidence is key. But luckily, she believed in herself. The practice been really coming along. She came in first place in singles in her division. She came in first place in doubles. In her division, her and a teammate who had never bowled together did a phenomenal job. You know, it kind of seemed like talking to some of the parents because they were so surprised. Like, wow, she's really doing well. And I'm like, we've been in the gym. You know what I mean? We've been shooting. We've been working on our craft. But they were so surprised. And I be always having to let my kid know that although they are happy for your success, they're only happy when you're not competing against them. And that's cool. Like, that's just what a competition is about in my eyes. You know, it's friendly competition. But they be very shocked, you know, how well and how better she's getting at. You know, and she's an athlete, whether she likes to admit it or not. So I was just very proud of her for a phenomenal weekend. And we didn't even know we won till we got home on the last day of the two two day tournament. So I hope she stick with it. But knowing my kid, you never know. To another sport I wanna update y'all on. See Mr. Anthony Davis. Uh we got you 
over here to help LeBron. And one thing you can't do is help LeBron if you hurt all the damn time. Now, look, I'm from New Orleans, so, yeah, I, I, I knew what he was before he came. However, I thought he was going to, you know, tighten up a little bit. I don't know what's wrong, but, my G, come on. We need LeBron to be getting the rest, not your young ass. Like, my dog ain't, ain't, get, he ain't able to get no games off. We just here for the playoffs. And now he got to carry the load by himself because you keep being hurt. Nonetheless, I'm going to need you to get your shit together, though, because we would like a break, a nice break before we get to the playoffs, especially without losing our seating. Utah, they doing all right, but we ain't really worried about them, but they still doing their thing. They're a regular season team anyway, but you don't have room in the West to be playing around and be losing games and dropping seeds. It just, it'd be too close and anything can happen. You know, they shouldn't have the all-star weekend and boys need, need a rest, need a break. And I really don't want the extra traffic out here in Atlanta. We already got the crime high. The weather is inconsistent. It's just not what we need right now. People st out there in the streets. This just going to bring more traffic. And no, y'all can't come stay with me. So just putting it out there. But y'all ain't listening. So I ain't, I'm talking to myself. On another note, you know, of course, I've been watching my TV, my movies, and whatnot. The Little Lies movie with Denzel Washington. Look, I didn't watch this movie like three times because it was trash the first time. I felt like I dozed off, though. And because it was Denzel, I didn't want to just, you know, I felt like it was me. I watched it a second time. I came back. I said, well, damn, I feel like I'm missing something. It's just not, I ain't really getting it like, you know? Maybe I was on my phone or doing things while I was watching it. And only again, because it was Denzel, I watched it a third time and I focused. And the shit was still trash to me. Um, I, I, I finally kind of picked up on some of the small stuff that I might have missed, but the shit I missed wasn't hitting on nothing. It just wasn't that good, Denzel. I mean, I know you ain't doing it for checks or whatnot, but hey, it, I think the bar be so high, you know, it's like, well, sometimes some of the movies ain't really, and you get it, you know, um, they throw you a big bag and. It's a decent role. Maybe it's not all the way like something you've done before. So I, I get it, but I'm going to call trash trash. And it, it, I hope nobody, I know ain't nobody going to buy that on DVD. They shouldn't even release that on DVD. Matter of fact, who got DVD players? But nonetheless. Now, I also watch the Judas and the Black Messiah movie. Of course, it's going to be a phenomenal movie, especially the black folk, given the fact that it's a revolutionary type of movie. You know, I didn't know a lot about the Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton. I'm not big into history. We were done wrong, and we want to be done right now. I mean, for me, that's about the most history I need to dive into because I just kind of 
come from a position that the past is the past and you kind of got to focus on the future. And if you stuck in the past, it's going to be hard to keep moving forward. Steve Harvey said that one time. I mean, I was driving to Baton Rouge. I used to live in New Orleans, work in Baton Rouge at a, at a point in my career. And I don't even like listening to Steve Harvey. I, you know, I think he catered to the women a little bit more. And I'm not a woman, so he don't be talking my talk. But he always had that morning segment. Not sure if he still have it. And, you know, it was a, a religious. You know, he going to give you a nice religious type of song. He going to give you a nice perspective, but going to throw in God. And I think it was like the five o'clock, you know, New Orleans time when he was coming on it. You need, you need some prayer, some motivation, something, especially going to work, especially if you work in corporate America, you know, and you work with a lot of people don't look like you, you know, you need inspiration. You need something to keep you calm and uh, you know you're going to deal with something. It's just it's just how it is, you know? But you got to figure out ways to work with it. And he always said, you know, positive things. And there's one morning I'll never forget, you know, he was just saying, you can never drive forward constantly looking in your rearview mirror. And I was like, wow, you know, you can't, you can't focus on what's ahead of you. If you can't kind of move past what's behind you, you know, whether it be forgiveness, whether it be appreciate the learning, you know, because everybody is not necessarily thrilled at how things turn out. You know, and some people aren't in your life. Some careers aren't in your life to be there forever. Whether you're blood or not, you know, whether you've been knowing somebody for a long time or not, sometimes they're really just there for a moment, a long moment, but a moment, you know, and it, it affects us, you know, especially when you're having to start over, especially if you don't understand why, especially if you're not being communicated to, you know, and so that that always stuck with me. Look forward. Yeah, you know what happened. But you can't dwell on the past. Use it as a tool to potentially help you move forward. And then I want to say that Steve Harvey would always get into his conversations about church. Believing in the law, keeping him first, and and applying it, you know. And I've been in church a lot lately. You know, they've been social distance. They got a couple of dollars, so they got a reservation system and whatnot. You know, three seats, social distancing in between people you don't know. Everywhere, you know, and it's they can afford to do that. And the new series right now is about after amen. And basically all that's been meaning so far. We just going into the third part 
of a full part series coming up this upcoming Sunday. But it's just about what do you do after you say a prayer, after you feel like you've given your feelings to God and you've prayed about the things you want or you're desiring or you need help with. And the big message is, you know, you keep working, you keep believing and you be patient because when you talk to the Lord, sometimes we got in our mind what he's supposed to do for us and it don't work like that. You know, you can say you want something, but he only going to give you what you're supposed to have. I just felt like, you know, all that stuff kind of just go hand in hand. You know, keep that stuff simple. Keep him first. That's God, of course. Not Steve Harvey. <laughs> and if you be patient with it and you keep doing the work and keep living the right way, you know, treating people the way you want to be treated, do unto others as you want done unto you. When he come, he going to come with what you need. Again, it ain't always when you want it, but it's always on time. So on today's episode, I want to talk about co-parenting. You know, having kids and not still being together with, with the other parent is can be a challenge. You know, sometimes it works out good. I mean, I, I've heard the worst of the worst. I've heard the best of the best. I know I'm a little more closer to the best of the best side. One, because I'm just not a trash-ass dad. And a lot of times, you know, you're hearing more women complain about the men versus the men complain about the women. So with me just doing my job, again, I said on a previous, I, I don't think about what I have to do. I don't try to figure out if I want to do it or not. She didn't ask to be here and I have an obligation. And I feel like that's just what women do. So for my situation, it's kind of worked out. But when you co-parenting and y'all no longer together, you run into a few issues. And one of the issues that I've ran into is not being the favorite parent. And, you know, I've learned throughout my daughter's existence that it does not matter what you do sometimes. A, you knew damn well that the other parent don't do as much as you or didn't do as much as you in that one particular situation. But in the kids' eyes, maybe they can't see that all the way. You know, and I want to start off by sharing this story, I remember. So I always knew I wasn't Bailey's favorite. They just got a bond that, you know, I haven't been able to intrude on, I guess. And one day, 
we was living in Texas at the time, and I was like, Bailey, what I need to do to be the favorite parent? I'm willing to do whatever. You know, help me. I wanna, I wanna be up there. And she always, you know, she talks like my mom. Oh, it ain't about that. It ain't, it ain't like that. I mean, and she was seven, eight, nine. Oh no, it ain't. I'm like, yeah, but you ain't treating me like it ain't. You ain't treating me like it's equal. Sure wasn't feeling like it. I was second. And if you know me, I'm very competitive. And I don't like being second to no one in nothing. But I understand if that's why I'm mad, I can accept that. But, you know, if you're not first, you're last in my eyes. And so that just means you should keep working on your craft. I use that as motivation. You know, I'm not upset that I'm where I'm at. I'm bowling. I'm I'm in a bowling league myself. And I'm just looking at the rankings. And right now I'm on three-game winning streak, me and my teammates. So we out here taking it one game at a time. You know, we came in maybe out of 16, 17 teams. You had the bottom. And then slowly started to figure out some stuff because they don't tell you all the rules. And I'm like, oh, oh, I got to beat them because they above us. Okay, focus, let's practice, whatever. So being competitive to some degree or, or looking for ways to improve. Because to me, I just want to, I want equality to be all the way honest. I'm cool with being level. level. Even though I, I still think there's a ranking system. But I know in my kids' eyes, it just wasn't one in in one A. You know, it 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 was one and in 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 two, maybe three. You know, it it was A and then maybe C plus. Like I'm like, okay, look, I I want a strong B. Give me an A minus or something. Like what I gotta do. And I remember being in a grocery store. We were walking in Walmart one day. And I was talking to her. And she was like, all right, all right. You know, I'll let you know kind of thing. Then she got into throwing it in my face. I thought you wanted to be number one parent. I, th- I thought you wanted to be the best. If you want to be the best, that's what I say. Well, damn, kid, you on, you ain't even 10 yet. Like, you you too young to be. But I know the kid is smart. Me and her mama's smart. So I was like, oh, no, kid. I'm cool with second place. Get out of here with that. You're not going to be using this in, as your advantage to be able to get the things you want. Like, <laughs> I just thought maybe I was doing something uh, that wasn't nice, maybe, you know, let me work on my tone. Let me work on my delivery. You know, I know I'm spending time. Maybe I'm, you know, and what you really learn is that as a parent, you do things that you would want done to you. But deep down, kids don't care about that. I watch her mom all the time trying to, 
hey, she planned this, planned that. And the kid really be wanting to chill at the house. You know, she don't be wanting to rip and run all the time. But kids don't communicate that and they go as, but they be cool with playing with their toys and watching TV all day. You want them to be more social and active, but they don't always want that. You know, being in school all day, having bedtimes. They just want to eat what they want to eat and be up as late as you allow them to be, you know? As parents, we'd be like, shoot, we want, come on, let's go out. Let's go to the mall. Let's go. They don't care about that. My kid right now, who's 11, don't like going to the store at all. She'd rather give a list to pick up some items. Like, she don't want to go, which is cool for me. I allow me to not have to wait till she is all the way available. I could go while she's in school and take care of things. So, allow me to be a little more efficient with my time. But it showed me early on that kids will play the parents against each other. Not, and the parents don't know. And see, brought me back to my childhood. My mom and my dad was in the same house. But my mom ran things, you know, because my dad worked a lot. And I used to early on, you know, you go to one parent, they don't really say what you want. or Then they start trying to, oh, go ask your mama. Go ask your daddy. You know, and I'm like, all right. You know, again, I was smart, too. So I see where my kid get it from. So I'm like, hey, hey, y'all. Somebody, one of y'all two got to answer the question. Y'all can't keep pushing me to the other one and the other one pushing me to which one of y'all going to make a decision, you know? And my dad always did that. My mom really made a lot of the decisions. So I I stopped going to my dad because he kept sending me to my mom. And eventually she would make a decision. So it's like, well, let me skip the middleman, you know. And I learned that, you know, even back when I was younger, that I would do some of those type of things, you know, and I'm, I'm hopeful that I didn't, you know, get away with too, too much that I didn't deserve to get away with, I guess. You know, I was a pretty good kid for the most part, so I didn't have a lot of drama. I didn't bring a lot of issues to them. So most of the things, you know, I wanted just came with just costing some money. And if either they had it and they were cool with getting something at some point, or they didn't have, have it and they said, nah, we ain't got it. You know, it was never I didn't deserve, which to some degree you appreciate. Now, you know, I've learned even telling your kid not right now sounds like no. But then you learn talking to women is the same thing. So I got a young woman, you know, I be treating her like <laughs> like a grown woman just because. She got the same tendencies. It's just kind of how it goes. And so, you know, playing parents against each other, I'm guessing it's just something that kids just going to continue to do. And as a parent, I believe, you truly have to be all the way aware. You know, I've seen parents out here just be kind of lazy with the paying attention thing, so consumed with 
what they got going on. And then some of the other things, you know, is an afterthought or they're late to seeing something, you know. I believe that your kids should never be doing something that you don't know what they're doing, you know. And I understand everybody's circumstances is not the same, but I was telling my supervisor the other day, I was like, my whole life is built around my kid. I used to tell people at my my job, one of my older offices, when I first joined that office, I was like, hey, look, I'm out here. I don't have a big support system. And my daughter come first. And school call or daycare call, and I got to bounce. If I could find you on my way out, cool. But if you think I'm about to hesitate and wait and prolong when I leave till you ready to give me the okay, I'm not that guy. Now, the work not going to not get done. You know, I'm going to make up my time. I'm going to, you know, I'm not taking time. However, I'm going to pause this time temporarily while I go handle what I need to go handle. Because, like I said, it was just us two you know, who you could depend on. That's the only one thing I wish I was able to do. So I understand those who stay wherever they're from and they have kids because you really do need a support system, especially people who, one, you don't have to pay, but then two, who genuinely want to help you. You know, I always told myself, I could never go about it the same way and try to do it on my own unless I was just extra rich, you know, and not just by myself, you know, me and the kid's mother would, we had to have a lot of money, not just like be average level because average level is not enough because you still want to have a little life. And so I know you need a support system. And because I'm even in Atlanta, even though she's older, it's still kind of just us. I got some some good loyal people, and if I really needed something, but you really want to try to do as much as you can yourself, because I've learned that you know when you send them to the grandparents. My kid used to go visit grandparents. I think starting at like two years old, you know, we get them summers off. Like that was a something I had to push because you want to break, especially when you're doing all of you don't get, you know, weekend babysitters or whatnot. Those who get in that, please appreciate the fact that you have family that you can depend on when you really need them or, or, or good friends, you know, and when you're not from somewhere, it just takes time to develop that is all I'm saying. We, we eventually develop a support system but at that point it was already kind of handling our stuff and you dictate your life and your schedule around your kid and your money of course but mainly around your kids and then don't have multiple kids so i don't know how y'all doing it but i'm I, you know i'm just with the one so it's a challenge and you need help you know, as much as you want to do it yourself, you need help. So when we used to send her 
by my mom and my dad and other aunts and uncles and cousins who would always be there and want her, you know, would know she was in town and would be calling the schedule and, hey, I want her this weekend. I want nobody asked. Nobody said we were coming in to pre-plan anything. It was just something my my family would do. And so that that's something I was like, wow, maybe it's a New Orleans thing, but that would have been real useful in Texas at some point. And then you learn, though, that everybody don't parent the same. So your grandparents, my mom said, well, you know, yeah, I know I taught you everything you know, but grandparents, they, they don't have to do like parents do. And I'm like, well, that don't make a lot of sense because, I mean, if we using the same principles in life and I'm just doing what you taught me, and why, when I drop off to you, the same teachings can't continue. And, you know, I think grandparents just, you know, they've been a parent for however long, and they're just ready to not have the pressure or the responsibility to do stuff. Although sometimes grandparents kind of get in the way, you know. They get to kind of doing their own thing. They letting the kid do whatever they want. And I usually say, hey, you not hurting me i'm gonna give you a list of some things we doing but people don't realize you and even your little aunties it's not just disapplicable to anybody who watches kids for others that ain't that they get to go back and drop off at some point if you just doing what you want and letting the kids do what they want and you know they come from a household that got some structure you're not doing them a good service and it can potentially lead to some issues between parents, grandparents, parents, aunties, and uncles, and et cetera. But see, there's always a flip side to the story because there's a lot of grandparents and aunties and uncles who are doing more than the parents who had the kids. You know, it's a lot of aunties and uncles and grandparents who buy more gifts who spoil, who treat, who give the love that maybe the parents supposed to be giving, but they're not. You know, it really do take a village. And although it's supposed to come more from a mom and a dad, at the end of the day, it's supposed to just come. Again, these kids didn't necessarily ask to be here. You know, they didn't help dictate what situation they get to come into. So, you know, I commend anyone who stepped up to the plate to be able to assist or if they were your own to be able to do your part. You, kids just need good people around them, a good foundation. I had that. You know, my grandmother on my dad's side, he, she raised me alone, my mom, and my dad. You know, I was always there. Me and my sister was always there. You know, and talking to my mom as I grew up and we've had our differences, I've always noticed that she didn't really say a lot to my grandmother. You know, we would try to play, you know, even though parent, kids play parents against parents, you know, kids would play 
grandparents against parents, aunties against parents, anybody. Kids don't care. It'll be a random teacher, a random person around the street. Kids trying to get what they trying to get, you know. So I've had those experiences because my grandmother was always there and not just in a a limited role. I mean, a key role in my life and my upbringing, bringing us to school, being there during the week. You know, you have some parents who have to work. So if you have to work, you you then relinquish. See, that's what my mom taught me. You kind of relinquish. Not necessarily some rights, but you allow those who are helping out in a major way to have more of a voice, a more of an input. You know, and so for me, I've always, you know, not necessarily countered my mom, but when we've dealt with our difficulties here and there, not much, but I have a, a, a particular way I like to parent, which I learned from her, but again, she's not necessarily moving in the same capacity to want to continue in that same way. So we, we bump heads a lot. But I also have raised my daughter with her mom, just us. So our structure and our upbringing where grandparents and other family members maybe were allowed to comment and, and give advice and it was allowed and you couldn't really come back and say anything, not just out of respect for your elders. I mean, that's the misconception. People are allowing those things because they're doing the work. They're allowing those things because whether well, kids know it or not, some of these grandparents are financing <laughs> some of these parents and these kids, you know, paying for houses, stuff in their names, you know. So... You have to be able to hold yourself accountable and treat those who you you need to be there for you. Treat them with, with some, some respect and give them the platform to be able to have input since they were with the kids. See, again, I had a way different dynamic. My mom and dad was in the same house, but my mom did majority of the work because my dad worked, you know, seven days a week, rotating schedules. Was never really off, you know, these little holidays people get up, barely got off a Christmas and, and a Thanksgiving. And so it was always mom. It was always grandparents. It was always aunts and uncles who helped out, who filled some of them voids. He, he was the breadwinner, but in terms of, being physically there. See, today's generation, you get some some parents who think it's just about the money. Well, yeah, you got to make some money. But see, in my opinion, you need that balance because you don't want the kids to not see you be there. You know, it's like a, a parent, it's almost like a parent who's not in the kid's life, but they pay their child support. That ain't the same. That parent can't call in and say, hey, I want them to be doing this. They need to be doing this. You not doing this right. You don't get no input. You ain't that putting in no work. You get a small voice if they allow you to because you're spending a few dollars, but I always felt like that. And I got one of the biggest voices I, I, I want 
to have input because I know that I can't complain about the results if I wasn't there to help. You know, I learned a lot from a lot of different people because I was allowed to be around a lot of different people. But my mom ran that. My grandmother ran that. You know, people followed their lead and assisted them how they needed. But they was the voice because they put in the work. So when I look back at when I was a kid, I hold them so high, although my dad might have provided and and was the breadwinner. I, I put my grandmother and my mom up there a little higher just because that's who I dealt with. So I always knew that as a kid. And as a, as I grew older, I said, hey, I wanted to be able to be there physically. Because although my title will never change, titles don't really mean nothing to people. That's like a word. You know, people always say, you know, words don't mean things. It's your actions I'm looking at. And as a kid who can't see money being made, who can't see who giving money to this person or that person, you know, I used to be the one doing that in the beginning. You know, I'm working and I'm, you know, oh, you going to handle that? Cool. I'm going to go make this extra money over here. Help us out. And you learn. You're like, wait, wait. You lo- you start losing not rights, but you start losing a little voice. Or I start seeing a little, little bit of that. Oh, no. Let me. That little money over there ain't worth it. Now I got 18 years. I got to be able to be there to be able to have an input. Because if I want to say something, I want some movements. I don't want the, well, daddy said this, but let me go check with mommy first. No. I want to be able to have the same amount of power, not more, the same amount as mom does. Because I want to be an equal contributor, an equal parent. And again, like I say, grandparents, aunts and uncles, etc., cousins, whatever work you're putting in, you have a voice. And if you don't have a voice, you shouldn't be putting in that kind of work. You know, these kids, they're so able to be manipulated, so able to be persuaded at a young age to be what you want them to be. You know, there's always a parent or a family member who's, hey, that kid need to be in this sport. That kid need to be doing this activity. What about that? You know, and it's not always easy on your schedule. I mean, you really, as a parent, have to put these kids first. Prioritize these kids in your life and within your schedule. They are truly not an afterthought. They're supposed to be at the forefront. And so these different dynamics always play a role because you might have an issue between a parent and a parent. One parent want one thing, another parent want another. Oh, the grandparent involved. So now it's parent, parent versus grandparent, or you get two on one side. I mean, people really be 
having disagreements about what's best for a child. I always knew that I didn't want to really share that voice with anyone else but her mom. Everybody got an opinion. Everybody got something to say. But does their voice have weight? See, luckily, I've kind of created a structure where, you know, people can have whatever feelings they want. They know better than to come talk to me, though. You understand what I'm saying? I'm handling my business. I ain't asking you for shit. Don't, don't volunteer. I ain't complaining to you about anything. So I'm not opening the door for you to be able to give me your input. I like it like that. You know, all these extra hands in the pot gonna change the flavor. You know, I have a vision. And you wanna be able to know that you had a plan, know that you put in the work, and then when they come out to be who they become, you can sit back and say, wow, you know, some of that was me. You don't want to look back and say, wow, somebody else did all that work. You know, again, you have to do what you have to do. However, the decisions we make, the opportunities we choose should be dictated based on how we are choosing to parent. And so I, I tell all my my male friends that don't always chase that dollar if you have a kid. You know, again, I've said in previous episodes, I got some friends who trying to have kids who and just had some newborn. Hey, be there. Don't chase that down. Because y'all going to bring in that money. But the first time you disagree with something, but you ain't been there, you ain't going to be able to say that much. You know, it don't matter what kind of relationship you got with your, your spouse. It don't matter if y'all together or not. My mom and my dad was together. However, they didn't have the same voice, you know, and they understood that, you know, that's the key too. understand that. Hey, this person's leading the show. Cause I'm not there. Now, if you going to go make the money and you, you don't want to do the work and that's the system y'all had. Great. You know, everybody's situation is not supposed to be the same, you know, and I've always known that letting my kid go around my grandparents, letting my, my kid go around her grandparents, she started to figure out other people she liked more than me. <laughs> I said earlier, you know, there's this ranking system. I told you earlier that my daughter, you know, I was trying to get that number one spot and she was trying to throw it in my face a little bit, trying to use it to her advantage. Well, I was cool with number two till I wasn't no longer number two. I'm currently maybe number four, maybe 3.5. My mom definitely is number two. Her mom is definitely number one. Then if you sprinkle in a, my aunt and, and, and my sister, we we fighting for number three. Now, mind you, I, I do majority. <laughs> you know, so again, it ain't necessarily about the money you spend, you know, 
it's a combination of some things. Now I'm putting in a lot of the time. So, you know, you think that that would count for something a little bit more. You know, and you have to always check yourself as a parent. Because as kids try to play you against each other, you know, you tend to formulate negative feelings towards that other parent. You know, maybe they allowing it. You know, kids are supposed to be checked. You understand what I'm saying? They're supposed to be told that, no, no, no. You're supposed to give that person the same amount of respect and the same amount of energy and the same amount of love as me. But if, even if it's subconsciously, if you are allowing that kid to play both sides, you you contributing to that negativity. You know, and so as you co-parent, as you parent with the other parent, you know, everybody, it's not just necessarily just, Oh, when you're not together, the dynamics. Now, I mean, even if you're all together, you can have some of these dynamics. You got to always know that you cannot allow your hurt and pain and your frustration with the other side to negatively influence the kid's mind of that person. You know, you want to be honest with these kids a little bit. Especially if they put these people in on a pedestal that they don't really deserve to be on. However, you can't. You sure can't at no young age. You know, you should not be bashing another parent to a kid. You got to know your audience here. You're not talking to an adult. So don't talk to a kid about adult type of things. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how I felt towards anyone in my daughter's life. It is not my job to bash one of them to her, to talk badly about them to her, to tell the truth about some things to her. It ain't that as lies now. It don't mean you necessarily lying on people. You could be telling the dead ass truth. But some things kids just not supposed to know. They're so impressionable, you know. Kids, you want kids to be kids. You know, you can't. And I've had to find myself. I've had to be in these situations where I'm mad at the other side and you know what, but I can't not talk to them. I can't not communicate and coordinate, make sure we still on the page, same page with the other side, with the other adults that's involved. No matter how upset I can be, because at the end of the day, it's not about me. See, I learned that. And you watch others and you see a lot of parents make it be about them. See, person to be mad at another person because they didn't do what they wanted them to do for them they heard it them they ain't do nothing to the kid but because oh we not talking or we not on good terms well 
I'm going to strip you from some interactions with the kid. And that's not right. You know, so you as an adult, you always have to be aware of those type of things. Be aware of people's different styles, but also know that we can have differences, but we have to find ways to come together. See, that's all co-parenting is. It's coming together. To parent. Co come. <laughs> to parent. It's a village. But that village got to be on the same page. That's the hardest thing to do. We talk about it all the time as black folk. It's just not easy coming together to fight one cause. Everybody don't want the same thing. So if in the beginning we can't be honest and communicate and hash out our differences and come up with something we can agree on, then that whole process, until that's done, going to be a lot of bumping the heads. It's going to be a lot of issues. And it's going to only hurt the kid. going to frustrate everybody, but at the end of the day, Adults are where they're at, you know. They are kind of all who they are. But kids, they got they got a chance to be different, you know. People have kids to be able to right some of the wrongs that was done to them or some of the mistakes that they made. I'm always talking to my kid when I see her doing things that I wish I did differently. You know, you want to give them opportunities that you didn't have. Now, it doesn't mean that they always going to see it clearly. I try to explain everything to mine. It does not matter. She don't be wanting to be outside. She don't be wanting to do no work. Nothing extra. However, I was like that too. So I've taken a position that wasn't taken with me. That's not necessarily, you know, welcomed amongst others. Which is, I don't care if she don't like it. I know what's best. I'm holding myself accountable and I'm just trying to do the right thing. And I want to just give her the things, even though she might not all the way get it. Just like I didn't understand everything as a kid. I used to tell my mom something. She didn't even know. I didn't know. She didn't know this, but I've told her recently, like, hey, I used to go to my my grandma all the time and complain. Did she come back and tell you something? No. Did she come back and get in the way? No. She. Hey, it's gonna be all right, kid. It gonna, you know, maybe try this with them. Don't let it get. She played that grandparent. She ain't come and get in the way and try to call my mom and, hey, you not doing this or what's going on over here? She didn't do all that. See, aunties, uncles, grandparents, stay in your lane. It's not your right to take what a kid say and then try to go chastise the other side because it sounds like something they would do. You know, it's just kids are kids. They looking at it differently. And as a parent, you got to see the bigger vision. And you're going to have to push my daughter for the first time. First time ever. She's 11. Told me after I've been pushing bowling and keeping up, trying to be focused. And after she didn't quit on me like four different times, people, I tell that to people after she's won and consistently improved. 
I'm like, hey, you know, she just quit yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's like dragging her here every day or every, you know, time is I got to drag her there most days. She a little lazy, you know, she hate when I use that word, but she lazy. You know, and all kids are, got some lazy. They, they want to do what they want to do. So she's not lazy about what she want to do. She'll play that game all day. She ain't lazy about that. She ain't lazy about watching TV and playing on her phone. So, but but about something that's important, something that take a little more work, something that's not easy, yeah, she lazy about. And so I have to look past the difficulties that she brings and, you know, calling the other sides and complaining about me and, oh, he making me walk to school. We stay around the corner from the school. It's not even a mile of a walk. Oh, I don't like walk. Well, she don't like doing anything. And they would literally call me. Hey, you got to make a walk. What you mean? Kids don't need exercise. Kids don't need activity. And the type of kids we got these days in the world, they're not doing no physical activity. They ain't no outside and play. They want to be inside playing games. Me growing up, I went outside. I met friends. I, and they're not just knocking at your door. You got to go outside and be available. I try to tell that to my kid. Ain't nobody just coming to your house, asking you if you want to play, if they don't know you stay there. At minimum, can you go hang out in the front yard? Now, look, we live in different times, so I understand it's very dangerous to have kids be outside. So when I'm asking her to go outside, when I've asked her to go outside and play, guess where I was at? I might have been outside, too. I might have been right there at that window. You can't just let kids go and be about like they used to. I don't care how old they are. Especially young girls. Especially older girls. Older women. You can't, you know, they're abducting kids and women. They're killing kids and, and women. And so I understand wanting to protect. But you got to find a balance. And like I said, ain't nobody stealing these people and you outside. It's usually when people being left alone and nobody's around and other people watching and they're a lot more vulnerable. Don't make it right. But there are some ways to counter some of that. You know, and that's as a parent, that's what you want to do. You want to counter the different times we're in. We know how we grew up and we knew how different it is, you know, how different it was. But because we're in the time, you got to make your adjustments. And another one of these adjustments you got to be making, that's a lot different in my mind and from what I saw. You got to make the adjustment of who you bring around your kid. The new people you bring around your kid. The friends, even the family members. Like I said, you can't, times ain't the same. And things were going on back then, but some things are a lot more worse. You can't let little girls sit on men's laps and 
you know, in logic on paper, you say, oh, them family, they cool. They can watch. They could do this. They can help out. But turn on the news. See, I don't watch. I like to stay away from the news, but I know it's there just because I don't need to be reminded all the time about the same thing. I see it one time. Oh, I know what's going on in the world. Let me make my adjustments to be able to make sure I can minimize that happening this way. Now, I can't control everything. That's another thing as a parent, especially an overprotective parent that I am. I always have to check myself on because I be wanting to be there 24-7 if I can. I don't want nothing to happen on my watch. I want to make sure that I'm protecting. And if she need anything, I want to be available for her to be able to come to me. Especially about things that a man's supposed to be there for, you know. That's another thing, dads, you know. Again, usually we're the breadwinners and it requires us to not necessarily be home a lot. I changed my work schedule, you know. I got a lot of opportunities I could have taken advantage of. And when my circumstances changed, I I put all that on hold. Because, again, I'm a parent first. I feel like I could work anywhere. Now, I might want to work a few specific places, but I got to find the best opportunity that works with my family. You know, you got to be able to help the other side because they got something going on too. Now, again, everybody got their own dynamics. You know, and so if you got a system and that's what's working for y'all, cool. But make sure it's working for both of y'all. You know, I know some ladies who cool with the man being gone and making the money because they get to do all the, the work and they might be controlling some of the money too. My mom didn't make the money, but she dictated a lot of where it went. She made sure it, everything got taken care of. She managed it. And that's cool if that's what you want. But just know, fellas, there's a lot come with that. You know, you don't get to come back home barking and then leave. So I, I knew when I could talk and I knew when I had to be quiet and I ain't like being quiet. I still don't like being quiet about anything. But I know it's something that's earned, not given. Your title is given. It's not earned. And that's applicable to anyone. Anyone. Not just men. But just because of the dynamics, usually you're not going to be there as much. And you want to change that. And so you have to be careful who you bring around. You know, you be, be out here dating and you want to bring everybody you just meet who you just thought dating to be around your kids. Then all of a sudden, y'all not dating no more. Now the kids are like, well, they getting confused. You can't, you can't be bringing people in and out of a kid's life. Again, they're very, 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 very impressionable. I've lost relationships off of just that one thing. You know, people 
flip that all around as, oh, you know, are we not serious? Or, you know, because I ain't meant your kid. Hey, hey, we got a lot of stuff to work on first. This, this, I ain't, I can see we, I'm about to make another step and we doing this and that, but sometimes you got to work on what you got to work on with that person. Then when you feel comfortable, you know it's about to be something. Then you maybe bring in. But then you also got to factor in the fact that, hey, some of these kids ain't ready for that. So you got to be comfortable, but then you got to make sure that the kid is going to be comfortable. Because some kids will never be comfortable, which you can't move off of that. You know, sometimes just their maturity level is not where it needs to be. You got to ease them into some of that. You know, I'd be easing my daughter into just conversations, not specific to anyone, but just, hey, you know, daddy thinking about doing this, daddy, you know, what you think about that? You know, again, they she changed her mind all the time, but you got to start having a little conversation. And look, if you... Got kids who not old enough yet to be able to understand or to be able to have a little conversation. That's cool, too. That means you got to make extra sure that who you bring into their lives, you feel a lot more confident that they're really going to be here for a long time. Or that you're going to hold yourself accountable enough to say, hey. I see some something long-term with this person I'm about to introduce to my, my kids. Because if something happens, which things do happen, that these kids not going to be as hurt. You know, you don't want the quick quickies. Them type of people, the, the people you know ain't really that long-term that you don't see the video. Y'all would kick it. Y'all could do things. They don't need to meet your kids. Oh, well, go get your babysitter. Oh, well, I, I got this. Well, you got a plan when you don't have that. And people got to understand. I used to tell people, yeah, you know, as soon as I moved down here, hey, look, I'm, I'm free for a year, but the next year, I ain't going to be free. So... It's random, you know, you could go on this day here and there, or you can do this and that. I could do that this first year. But when my kid come, all that going to stop. All that being out and about and hanging out and meeting people. I ain't going to be doing all that. So I got this one-year time frame to try to see if I can meet somebody and develop something so that I could not have to be out there playing the field. Because I wouldn't have the time to be able to do that. And I don't want to create a structure or get comfortable to where, because I can't get out, I'm going to invite people over to the house. See, that's what we do. We don't really want to be out in the streets, especially as COVID now. So, right, look, I, it's very, very hard for people to date if you don't already have somebody. It's not easy to go ahead and meet new people. So, 
if you trying to social distance, it's just a lot of places, especially in Atlanta, it's just not a lot of places you can go to. The weather changing, you know, yeah, you decent outside, but you got kids, where they at? I was at the bowling alley. It was at night, I was getting my practice bowl on. And I saw on the other side, I saw these little babies, not two-year-olds, you know, young, young kids, and they're adults. Now, don't get me wrong. Kids got to get out. They got to socialize. But it was like 8, 9 o'clock. They, kids not just sitting around. Like, they running on lanes that ain't the lanes of the people they with. But parents just out because they won't get out. You know, and you got you to find babysitters. Or you want to bring the kids out? You got to go at times that's appropriate for children. You got to go to some environments where other children going to be there too. See, if you get there and you got your kids with you and you don't see no other kids, you should go somewhere else. Because you just taking them where you want to go. And that's being very, very, very selfish. You know, sometime after 7, 8 o'clock on any day, and you going somewhere with some kids? They're supposed to be inside, y'all. But everybody could do what they want to do. I'm just saying, you should consider a little bit more of the kid. And who wants to go out? You having a drink or two, and you got to watch the kid. You That's not the right environment. Okay, cool. Do something at the house then. Where kids could go in their room in a safe environment. People don't have to worry about, you know, driving. People could have space. And then that's a little different. See, you you learn that as well. When you have kids, you got to change up who you hang with. You got to change up where you go. You're a parent now. Sometimes you got to act like one. I'm not saying you got to be lame. I ain't saying you can't dress nice when you do things. But... You better start adding a lot more Chuck E. Cheese, main event, Dave and Buster's. You need to start adding a little bit more of that into your repertoire. Bowling, I think that's good too. You know, but you won't go at appropriate times. Cause them high school, college, adults be out there late. Go early. They ain't out there early. Where you could go, kids don't have to worry about bumping the people. You ain't gotta worry about. Oh, well, I'm not watching these kids, so things can happen. People could be taken. It don't take but a minute, a second for something to happen. That'll change a, a kid's life forever. You know, and sometimes just a, a better plan and, and changing your circle. Again, if you got kids and you ain't got no friends who got kids, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to change that up because they don't wanna just do kids shit. They they accompany you every now and again. But they don't they don't wanna do that. So you you might have to find you some groups of new parents or other parents. And I get it, people like to deal with who they know. Well, your kid didn't know you. You go find somebody else, you know, you could. People go to the park. See, that's not stuff you're going to go do with your single friends like that. 
or your friends that don't have kids. That's just, that's not appealing. See, when I don't have my kids, I don't like to do kid shit. I'm, I want to do adult shit. And when I'm back on kid duty, then all that adult shit got to take a pause. And so you got to be careful in who you bring around you, who you bring around your children. You want to find like-minded individuals who, one, you can learn from. See, it's not always just about who I can hang with and I can be around. You want to find people who doing it the right way, at least who look like they doing it the right way. Yeah, you never, never know. But damn, you could guess. You, you could have some educated guesses based on what you've seen. Oh, man, I like how they move. You know, from what I can tell, I like what, what they're doing, how they move. Let me get some advice. Let me develop, you know, start to develop some type of friendship. You know, let me reach out to different groups organizations you gotta make that a priority you gotta really research to find all that they have that benefit you especially when it's not just something you already know about usually we would like somebody to already be doing it that we know and then they could just tell us and then we could do it too well, a lot of times either you don't have you those people around or you have people around and they're not doing the type of things you really want to be doing. You don't like how they move. So it's called change your, your surroundings. You know, you bringing in some money to meet your kid or to bring into your life to potentially meet your kid, you got to make sure that they got some fundamental values that you agree with. You got to see that, okay, they're going to be comfortable with not just being out dating in the streets all the time. You want somebody who's going to embrace your kid like they're going to be theirs, which on paper they're going to be theirs. Hey, are you going to make my kid a priority in your life as well? Or... You just want to buy a gift and go about your business. You want me to, I'm going to do all the work because it's mine. And then I got to, see, I don't want to be able to, oh, I got to do this on this side. Then I got to do this different. Now, when you bringing somebody in, you got to realize, can we do this together? Are we going to be cool parenting together? Even though it's not their blood, kid, but you coming into a circumstance, you, you agreeing to be a part of this. You willing to do some of this work. Again, it shouldn't be a lot of work to be done for a person that didn't already have that kid, you know. But they got to have a lot of understanding that just because they didn't have one don't mean y'all could be moving like you don't have kids. We all got to be moving in a way like, okay, the timing of when we do things, the type of activities of that we do, we some of that gonna change. You you can tell that from somebody 
You can see if they're ready. And you can see if they're not. And that goes for men and women. Got a lot of men who not ready, but want to date women who, who got kids. You got a lot of women who are ready. You know? And then you got some that's not. So you got to truly figure out their level. You know, that should be a part of your, your questionnaire checklist when you meeting people. Hey, what you on? What kind of energy you on? Because this is what I'm on. Now, if you're not a good parent, then, you know, you might not be doing those type of things. Your kid might not be first in your life all the way. You know, I tell my mom all the time, and she taught me this, you know, and I always remind her about that. You could love all kind of people. Don't mean they need to be around you. I got love for everybody. Anybody I came in contact with, I love you. I have love for you. I wish you well. I hope everything's going well. Shit, you can even miss people. But you can also know that they wasn't right for my circumstances. They wouldn't bring the type of energy I needed for me and my, my, my kid. And that's not just a dating person or again that could be just friends that could be family members you know ain't no more demon time when I'm with my kid I'm on daddy time and at the end of the day that's how it's supposed to be